Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How good is the Bucks free agent class? How many games will the Rays win this year? And will the Lightning have the best record in the NHL when it's all said and done? Your questions in our mailbag today on Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Burstick. And welcome to our podcast. We do this each and every week, Monday through Friday. We're going to respond to your questions. You can always reach us on Twitter at Sports Day TB. Before we get into today's podcast, I want to tell you about a special offer from audible.com sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership that's a $15 value and as a listener to this show you'll get a free audiobook just go to audibletrial.com that's spelled a-u-d-i-b-l-e trial.com slash sports day to take advantage of this deal that's audibletrial.com slash sports day for a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook so we've got a lot going on man between the bucks the rays the lightning um you know the golf i mean everything the Final Four is coming up. We'll talk a lot about that next week, I'm sure. Um, and people have sent in some of their questions. We have uh, nothing but answers, Steve. I'm the answer man. That's we, what I've always got, called you. The answer man. We've got all the answers. I'll tell you what, just real quickly before we move on. Man, did I get a lot of reaction from my rant last night about the uh, the whole ticket thing. I wasn't attacking the lightning. I want people to know that. It's just the market itself. A little frustrating there. No, just attack all the fans. I see how it is. Yeah, most of them, though, I will say this, that, you know, I, I like it when people agree with me, and a lot of people agree with me. It's like, yeah, you know what? Something's got to be done. But then there, there were those folks. It's like, come on, man, four tickets, really? You're going to get on me for selling four tickets? Like, yeah, I get it. Maybe I, I was a little little too emotional. I, I just know. like the tweet you got that you put a lot more people in the 1% category, and they had no idea they were in the 1% <laughs> category. <laughs> That's right. And I don't really know. There's no statistical. I don't know if it's 1%. I call myself, though, I'm a one percenter. But seriously, have you met a lot of people that were born in Tampa, Florida, or no. St. Pete, Tampa no. area? Right? Much, much so like, like when I lived in Atlanta, it was the same thing. Yeah. Same thing in Atlanta too. So I'll bet you out of out of a hundred people, you might you might meet one or two that you know, which would be a two percent club. But you might meet less than a handful of people that are actually born there. So hey, I'm a Midwestern I'm transplant. Claiming. So yeah. So well, look, my I mean, my parents were South Carolina, Pennsylvania. It's not like you know, I'm a first generation guy. But uh, anyway, so people were thrilled with that. So. Let's move on. I know there's a lot of questions, a lot of uh, – um, I've got nothing but answers and opinions, so let's, let's fly with it. All right, well, first, Douglas on Twitter asks us, am I crazy or have I seen this Bucks free agent class before? Bo Allen's <laughs> the run stuffer Chris Baker was supposed to be. Ryan Jensen brings the attitude J.R. Sweezy was supposed to bring. Vinny Curry's a three-down defensive lineman Ayers was supposed to be. Are these upgrades or did Jason Light miss and is trying again? Wow, that's a great question and a great perspective to look at it. Uh I don't know they're mutually exclusive. Did Jason Light miss? Yes. Is he trying again? Yes. Are they the same guy? No. Um, they're, they're obviously replacing guys that didn't perform, so they're fulfilling or trying to fulfill the same roles. I, I will say that, you know, Ryan Jensen is a center. He's not a guard. Um, he's a younger player. He's now the highest-paid center in the NFL, and they weren't going to do that with J.R. Sweezy, who had a back injury and – had played for a while in Seattle, was more of a veteran. This guy, I think, in each case, 
um, with the exception of maybe Unrein, um, I think they all have bigger upsides than than the players they replace. I think Vinny Curry, who's a defensive end, you know, from the Eagles, but didn't play on rushdowns and still had four sacks and a lot of pressures, has had nine sacks in the league. To me, he's a younger Robert Ayers, but a guy that, again, in the right situation, letting him play on third down um, has a bigger upside than Robert Ayers, who was 32 was starting to see his production slide and also not playing as many games each year. Um, in the case of, you know, Mitch Unrein, I mean, yeah, you could argue that maybe that's that's a 30-year-old guy that's that's not much different than Clinton McDonald. I'd say that was a wash. But Bo Allen is one of the best run stoppers in the NFL. Unrein was too. But Bo Allen has a lot of upside, I think, as well. He's still a young player, his first free agent contract. So I think he's an upgrade from some of the guys they've had. And then we're forgetting about poor old Chandler uh, Cananzaro, um, who, you know, they didn't get a kicker last year. I guess you could say it was Nick Folk, but he ended up being insurance for Roberto Aguayo. And then Folk was terrible. But uh, Cananzaro is, is a guy that's, you know, actually seems to be, and, and we'll see if the curse befalls him, but he, he seems to be an upgrade from Folk, although you could argue that, you know, he's a younger version of Folk. But in each case, these guys are younger, which tells me that um, even though they have experience, that, that the upside is bigger. So, no, I don't. And they're different temperaments as well. I mean, we, we talked about, you know, a guy like, uh, like Chris Baker, whose attitude was absolute crap last year. Well, every one of these guys are guys, except with the exception of Vinny Curry, was drafted in the second round out of Memphis. But every other buddy, every other guy on this list are guys that were either not drafted or drafted in the sixth round or later. So they're scrappy. They've had to fight for everything. Um, they're sort of, you know, known as good character guys, good locker room guys. Effort's never going to be a problem. So I think, you know, Jason Light went out of his way to try to find Sure, he's filling similar roles, but doing it, I think, with better players and probably better people. All right, we'll follow that up. So of those free agents, who will be the best free agent that they sign this year? Wow. Um, man, really great great question. I think uh, Ken and Zero might have a big impact just because if you look at the games that they played where they were 3-7 and seven and one-score games, if he, if he can kick the way he did for the, you know, last year um, – you know, I think he has a chance 29 out of 29 extra points. I'm not going to say him, though. Um, and I think Curry, if he had sent 10 sacks, that would be a, that's their biggest area of need. But I'm going to say it's Ryan Jensen. And the reason I'm going to say that is, is that that offensive line uh, just really wasn't very good last year in, in, in terms of the interior line. I think, you know, moving Ali Marpet to center, while that might have paid dividends in the future if he'd have stayed there, it, it it was it was not it was not something they benefited from last year, and I think moving him back to guard is is going to uh, you know probably help him not have to worry about you know figuring out what the defensive alignment is and making the line calls. Um, Jensen, you add another another guy inside uh, in front of Jameis Winston, who's certainly played center and is a scrapper. And then you know we'll see what happens with the other guard position. I mean they very well going to end up drafting somebody um, to play inside. They're going to lose probably Kevin Pample. Um, so I, I think Jensen, for his attitude, they haven't had a guy like this um, for quite a while. And I think that, you know, they, they need some some nastiness to them. And 
I think Jensen will provide that, and I think that's why he's the highest-paid center. So for protecting the quarterback for running the football, I'm going to say, and it better be, since they're giving him all the money, it better be Ryan Jensen. All right, well, you mentioned Vinny Curry in 10 sacks. Will he get to that number this year? Wow. Um, his career high is nine, so he's not that far away. And I think people have to remember that last year he was in a rotation with a very, very good defensive line that also included Bo Allen, but wasn't a guy that played on third down or in, in the elite rushdowns when you got him at third and four plus. I've seen him push the pocket. I'm going to say that 29 years old, yeah, I'm going to say Vinny Curry gets 10 sacks. Now, I don't know. He'll be the only guy that will have to have a big year. Um, but playing next to a guy like Gerald McCoy and what they're likely to add, maybe Noah Spence comes back. I'm going to say that like, this can't go on forever. It's been 05 since the guy did it. So what the hell? I'm going to say Vanny Curry, who's had nine sacks in his career, gets one more and he gets 10 for the Bucks. All right, we're just over a month away from the NFL draft. The Bucks have the number seven pick. We've already seen some movement in front of them, presumably to take quarterbacks. So who will the Bucks end up taking with that number seven pick? Oh, my goodness. You know, my first instinct is that they're going to have to trade that pick just because maybe maybe their guys aren't going to be there. Um, you know, it, I, I mean, I, I think the quarterbacks are going to push some good players down to them. I don't know that Bradley Chubb's going to be one of them. Um, I suppose that they might have their choice of, of a defensive back, but – you know, I've seen, you know, I, I've seen safeties instead of corners, which doesn't really, which doesn't really equate. I'm going to say Chubb or the Notre Dame guard, Quentin Nelson, are going to be there. One of those two guys. And obviously if it's Chubb, they take Chubb and they run up there. But I still think Quentin Nelson can really help them, even though it's not a defensive player, if they stay at seven, because I think there's a good chance that they trade out of there because there's another quarterback that might be available. But if they stay at seven and Chubb is gone and Saquon Barkley is gone, then I'm going to say they're going to take the Notre Dame guard. And think about that now. You'd have Ryan Jensen at center. You'd have Ali Marpet at one guard. And you have Quentin Nelson at the other guard. You're set for many, many years in front of Jameis Winston, and he can step up in the pocket. You still have Donovan Smith. DeMar Dotson played pretty well last year, even though he's, you know, he's a nine, ten year guy. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna say that Quentin Nelson will be their pick right now. All right, well, let's transition to the Rays. We are one week from opening day. Hard to believe it's already here. The Rays have a lot of new players this year. Who will be the best new Ray? The best new Ray is gonna be an old Ray, but he's not gonna he's a new Ray, new to the Rays, but he's an old player. And I, I think it's between I mean, these are the guys making the money, right? It's between Denard Span and Carlos Gomez. And Gomez is going to hit you some home runs. Um, I think he's probably averaged around 20 or so a year. He's topped that at times, um, probably around 60, 70 RBIs. But for me, Denard Span, um, you know, Tampa Catholic kid, happy to be here, is going to bat, probably lead off, going to be at the top of their lineup, going to help them in the outfield a lot. He could score – 70, 80, 90 runs. He's like a lifetime 280 hitter. He's going to make things happen. And I think that that's sort of what's going to ignite their offense because they're not going to hit a ton of home runs, which you might say, well, in that case, then, then Gomez is, is going to be very, very valuable. But I don't think Gomez is going to hit 30. I don't think he's even do what Longoria usually did. Um, so I'm going to say Denard Span. And look, they're paying him like it. They're paying him $9 million a year. So does Matt Duffy count as a new Ray? Wow. 
That's a trick question right, right there. You know what? He is new. Um, if you if you talking about the games played, um, and and he and he potentially could be their best new Ray if you want to look at him that way. I don't care categorize him them necessarily because he's been here, but he, he hasn't been on the foot on, on the baseball field because of the you know the the foot problems. But um, wow, Matt Duffy. You know what? Matt Duffy probably should be their best player if he's healthy playing third base. But, man, having to – think about this. you got to replace an iconic player in Tampa Bay like Evan Longoria. You're not probably going to hit as many home runs. You're probably not going to play as good at third base. Those are big, big cleats to fill. Uh, eh. I don't know. I don't count him as a new Ray, but he'll be a damn good one. That's That's a great – that's a great get right there. Yeah, it's between Matt Duffy and Denard Span for sure. All right, so the Rays, much publicized four-man rotation plus Johnny Holstaff on occasional yeah. fifth days. Will it work, and will they use it all year long? I'm going to say they will use it all year long because I think that when the Rays do these things, whether you're talking about you know shifts or you know some of the analytics that, they're, that they have sort of really changed baseball in many ways – um, when they had their edge, you know, back in the um, you know, late 2000s, 2008, 2009, um, you have to stay true to it. You know, in other words, you can't just go into it and say, you know, we're going to try it. And maybe that's what they're saying. I, it sounds to me like they're committed to it. Um, but if you're going to if you're going to really get a good look at this philosophy or this theory that they have with the four man rotation and then Johnny Holstaff uh, or Billy Bullpen or whatever you want to call it, I think. I think they will do it all year. Now, the names will change because we're naive to think that the same four starters are going to make it through the entire season unscathed, although Chris Archer's done a pretty good job with that. I think Blake Snell probably have his best year. Um, but I think they will stay with it, whether that's bringing guys up you know, from Durham to make those you know, occasional starts out of the bullpen. I think, yeah, I think they're committed to it, and I think they have to be because – you know, if, if that's if you're trying to change the game and do something different, you better give yourself a 162 game sample. Les asked this question: We are close to opening day. Has anyone but the Rays changed their outlook on 2018? He says, "I'm thinking." I, uh, he says, "I'm thinking 75 to 77 wins in last place in the AL East. I'm not wild about turning over games to an unproven bullpen." How do you think they're going to finish this year? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, I've said, you know, and, and I'm probably I'm probably more with him. I, I've said that they're probably going to lose 100, which is winning less than 75 games. Um, I'm probably a little low on that prediction because I don't think they're as bad as, as what it appeared to be when they had the sort of the garage sale going on. But look um, – I don't know that this pitching staff is going to be able to, to spackle this together. It's a shame that they lost Brent Honeywell and uh, guys like that that would have played a big role. We'll see when they start getting some of their new players up from Durham 
when they have control of them, whether you know you're talking about Jake Bowers or Willie Adamas, maybe they make the big difference in the second half of the season or after June. But I don't, I don't believe in this pitching staff. I, I don't know. I don't think it's the bullpen. I think the bullpen will be okay. Certainly, if they keep Colome, who could still be traded at some point, he's as good a closer. They say he's only going to pitch the ninth inning this year, but I, I don't see them winning 77, 80 games, 75, 80 games. I don't think they're going to be that good. I think they'll finish last in the East, and I think it won't be that close. All right, rooting for UF asked, will the Rays Ebor Stadium ever get built? What's next in the saga? And if it's built, what do you envision? Well, if you read today's headlines, the Koch brothers are going to try to prevent any tax money going in there, and that absolutely would keep it from getting built. But I'm going to say it will get built. And I think that, you know, they've pretty much exhausted what they can do in St. Petersburg, and that's why they're looking to move towards a bigger population area. There seems to be um, genuine interest on the part of the business community to get behind this, to, uh, you know, sort of spearhead, the, you know, the, the sale of, of uh, season tickets or whatever they're going to need. I think that you're going to see developers get involved and, 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 you know, people around that Ybor City area wanting to uh, help develop some of that land. Maybe there'll be a partnership with that. They're going to have to have some tax money in it. But what I'm looking for is for Stuart Sternberg to go to about 350 to 400 million of the seven or 800 million dollars. So I think it will get built. It'll, there'll be some trying times and it'll look like they're moving to Las Vegas or someplace. But I, I think at the end of the day, this, this market, and I think the TV contract sort of showed that, that this is a, a viable market in terms of the media. And, and, the, and it's look, Tampa Bay is the eighth fastest growing city, if you want to call it that, St. Petersburg, Tampa, Clear, Clearwater, eighth fastest growing area in the nation last year according to Forbes, and that's only going to continue. So, And it's already the 12th do, biggest television market. And it's already up there. And, you, and again, you and saw, I mean, they're going to get eight, $80 million a year in TV revenue. Why would you want to give give that up and go to a smaller market somewhere? So, yeah, I'm going to say it gets done. I mean, I went through this with Tampa Bay and the Bucks, and it looked like they were pulling out, and sometimes it's the last minute. But, yeah, they'll definitely get it built. And what it will look like, I think it's going to be open air. Or not open air, but I think it's going to be closed, but I think it's going to look airy in that the retractable roof thing for the seven or nine day games that you're going to have it open, it's just not cost-effective. I mean, you're going to go from $700, 850000000 or something like that just for that few days. I think if you want a model and it's a football stadium, go take a look at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis where they build a stadium that is, you know, completely enclosed, but with all the glass and the, the, the sight lines and just the openness to it, you don't realize you're really indoors. You just don't. So I think they'll figure a way to do that. All right, we'll switch to the Lightning now. And Boston tonight lost in overtime at St. Louis 2-1. to one. Ooh. So they are now – St. Louis came back and beat them, right? Yes, yes. They scored late in the third to tie the game and then won in overtime. Wow. Jaden Schwartz with both goals. Nice. So the Bruins are now four points back of the Lightnings, and they have a game in hand. Will the Lightning finish in first place? I think they will. I think they'll win enough games, and I don't know. I think Boston might win the series. They're up 2-0 you know, for the season, but if, if Lightning win one more of those um, or win their first game against Boston, at least one, that, that'll certainly crimp them. And then I think the Lightning will, will win enough, you know, two out of three, three out of four, whatever, whatever pace they've been on, to, uh, to stay ahead of Boston. 
I don't, I don't you know they haven't had that long slide this year that's probably what it would take especially with with uh you know so few games left um yeah I think the lightning I think the lightning finished first overall I do okay Nikita Kucherov is leading the NHL in scoring with 94 points he's three points ahead of Nathan McKinnon four points ahead of Connor McDavid and Evgeny Malkin is five or six points back will Kucherov win the scoring title with nine games to go Hmm. Um, it's going to be close. Connor McDavid. Man, there's some good good players there. I'm going to say he will win it um, by a point or two only because he's so involved in their scoring. And if the Lightning, unless they somehow clinch this thing sooner than I think they will, um, he's going to have enough, enough shifts and enough minutes. Uh, he's going to be involved in enough scoring. Um, whether it's the power play, other things, and, and assists, yeah, he's he's he wants. I, from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. You said he wants to win this, right? Is this important to him? It, it is important to him. I know Connor McDavid, uh, Edmonton was just in and talking to some of their press guys. Um, their season's over; they're not going to make the playoffs. Connor McDavid is solely driven to win the scoring title. That's all he's trying to do. Yeah, Nathan See, McKinnon with Colorado, he's trying to get their team in the playoffs, and they've they they're actually, I believe, in a playoff spot right now, but battling for that. I think the Lightning will get it for him. I think they'll figure a way to get to get those those points for him. And he, because you know the other things too. I mean, you're talking about just points, not goals necessarily. But he's so involved in all their scoring. It seems like there's either an assist or a goal, or or several goals or several assists each night. I bet he does. I bet he does win the title. I'm going to say he does. All right. So today we found out that the Valspar Championship tweeted that the tournament next year is going to be pushed back two weeks to the end of March. So essentially mm-hmm. what this coming weekend would be instead of two weeks ago. Is this going to hurt the caliber of golfers coming to Tampa knowing now that it's going to only be three weeks before the Masters? And I believe the Players' Championship is probably going to be the week before. I think that's the part. You just said it right there. Having the Players' Championship the week before I think is going to hurt Valspar a lot. Um, this tournament was gaining a lot of popularity, and it, it was never situated perfectly. But of late, it seems to have been a more perfect uh, setting for them, um, you know, with the weeks in between and, but three weeks before the master. Now there's some that might say, well, it's a pretty good course, you know, to sort of a, a prep course for the masters in that, you know, it's a ball strikers course that it's, you got the undulated greens and some rolling Hills and things that, you know, are similar maybe to Augusta and certainly not, not your typical flat, you know, Florida sand and water course. Um, so people may, might really like that. And let's face it, Tiger Woods, I mean, all things being equal with the experience he had, if he goes on and has a decent year this year, he'll remember fondly how, how well he was treated with the Tampa Bay fans and how that got him going. So that might be a tournament that he would want to play again, hopefully, if you're the Valspar people. But, man, they, got, they just kind of settled in here at the right time, and now they're going to move him again. I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see a drop off in the field. I really do. I think guys are going to have to reconsider their schedules and just uh, how many weeks they want to play. And 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 boy, right after that tournament, uh, I think I think ultimately it will hurt them a little bit. All right, we'll stay with golf since Tiger Woods finished second at the Valspar. He took fifth at Bay Hill. The Masters is coming up in a couple of weeks. Will Tiger win a major again, and will it be this year? <sighs> I have said that he would never win a golf tournament again, and I am wrong about that. I think he's going to win a PGA tournament. 
I I would assume that if he stays healthy, he has a chance at a major. I don't think it'll be this year. I could be completely wrong about that. He's the favorite in the Masters already, um, you know, and 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 for good reason. His short game is phenomenal. I'm just not convinced. Like, let's see if he can make it through an entire golf season and see how that back holds up. No one's tried to do this before, and even though he's he's sort of competitive again, and he's got his juices flowing, and he's sort of you know, finishing with, you know, top 10, top five finishes, it seems like almost every week. I don't know how long it's sustainable because I, I, I want to see him get through an entire year. You know, I mean, a fused vertebrae and all that, uh, spinal fusion, that that's not something anyone's tried to play with before. So I would say he, he won't win a major this year ever again, possibly. I, I definitely think he's going to win a tournament. If he does that, he could certainly win another major. Hey, thanks for your questions. Those were some uh, some real testers there, and we appreciate that. And we'll do this, uh, you know, just about every week. And you can always, of course, submit those on Twitter to us at SportsDayTB or to me at NFL Stroud. And I want to uh, tell you that, boy, we got a lot coming up this weekend. March Madness is going to resume, of course, tonight. You've got Florida State at Gonzaga or against Gonzaga out on the West Coast at 10 p.m. That game starts, I guess. Chicago Loola, uh, Sister Jean, is uh, you know the big rage of the NCAA tournament. They're going to play Nevada, Kentucky versus Kansas State. So I mean, what, some what great te- games. What te- you're going to feel so bad if you knock Sister Jean out of this tournament? If you're I'm Nevada or bad. whoever they're going to play, I'm all about it, man. I mean, she's ninety. Well, she's ninety eight years old, and she just. You know what's funny is that she doesn't have them going past the Sweet Sixteen. Chicago Loola has to break her bracket in order to win, in order to continue on. She I, had them going to the Sweet 16 and no further. I think she'll take that. So, I, I think she'd take it, absolutely. But, yeah, what a great story. And then uh, Kentucky and And your team, you got one team left. Got Texas one team Texas A&M plays, plays your Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, they're Michigan the, uh, 7.30. Just hung on, by the way, with the last second shot. Uh, they, uh, they didn't look very good in either game, to be honest. Right. But you wipe the slate clean. You start over on this weekend. Not a good tournament for the Big Ten so far. Uh, well, Purdue, uh, Purdue, uh, Purdue's still in there, but they've lost their big man. Uh, Caleb Haas is out for the yeah, uh, season now. So, although the engineering department's trying to, c- to create a brace quickly to help him, <laughs> really, and Purdue has quite an engineering department. Well, I, I was going to say they get they are the Boilermakers. They can they can figure out something over there. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good engineering school there. Uh, so they, they're working on a brace trying to help him, but that's not going to help. But um, they only had four teams in the tournament, Michigan State and Ohio State, both upset. Well, they Ohio State was – Gonzaga yeah. was the four seed, beat the five seed. So uh, that yeah, was that's... that was a you know, pick em game, basically. But Michigan State upset. That was bad. Zags and Florida State, we'll see how that turns out. And then, of course, the Lightning, a big – you know, another Nor'easter up there. And so the Lightning did not fly out on Wednesday. So they're going to fly out – today and play tonight against the new new york islanders yeah they got uh, four of the next five on the road islanders and then devils and they're home against the coyotes and then next week they're in boston and new york for the rangers and we're a week away from opening day between the rays and the red Sox. just one week away can't wait for baseball to get started for real yeah how about how about up north when you got nor'easters coming and baseball's a week away Oh my goodness it's gonna be i mean it's gonna be real i mean i i assume that they can't be many more of these but We've seen we've seen you know games snowed out before. Usually it's like you know Colorado or something, but um, not the kind of weather you want to go to in uh, in late March, early April. Man, it's been brutal. I remember going I wanted, to an opening day in Minnesota when I lived up there, and it was six inches of snow on the ground. Six inches! Wow. Luckily, they played in the Metrodome at that time. That was before Target Field was open. But 
That is crazy. I've never understood this. I guess they don't want to make it a competitive imbalance, but like it would seem to me like you should start as many games as you can like below the Mason-Dixon line in April, you know? But I guess that wouldn't really be fair if, if every northern team had it open somewhere. Well, the problem is, is you've got games all the way through April up north getting threats of snow yeah. or too cold weather That's or true. rain and that. I mean, you can't go a whole month on the road. That's true. That's true, which is why I'm sure Unless you're Houston it, during the 1992 Republican National Convention that I think had like a 35-day road trip. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Holy cow. They were on the that road for five good. weeks or four, four and a half or whatever for the RNC convention at the Astrodome in 1992. That does not seem fair, but I'm sure they did it. Okay, so we got, uh, anyway, just a whole lot coming up, and we'll talk about that. And tomorrow, make sure you, cha- you, you check into this uh, great podcast that we've been doing here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Special guest, I'm going to have a chance to sit down and actually talk for an extended interview with Bucks GM Jason Light. We're going to talk about free agency, the upcoming draft, all the things that have transpired since the end of the year, where they think they're better, where they think they need to get better. Should be a pretty in-depth conversation. We look forward to that, so make sure that you tune in uh, for Friday's podcast as well. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Burstick. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 